Hey everybody, welcome to another amazing episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this is going to be episode 112 with concept artist extraordinaire Brad Wright, who joins the show this week to discuss how he got his start in the field of art. We go in depth into his role at Creative Assembly on Alien Isolation in particular and his love for the franchise. We also discuss his passion and love for Frank Herbert's Dune and how he might someday like to bring that project to life as he sees it. Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is an amazing service that allows you to have a very unique web presence by eliminating the time and resources it used to take to create a custom website. It's incredibly easy to use and allows you to create something beautiful in a matter of minutes. So start building your website today at squarespace.com. You can enter the code TCP, TCP at the checkout to get an extra 10% off of your order. So check it out. Here we go, everybody. Episode 112 with Brad Wright. Let's roll. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Just just in from work. Awesome. How was work? Uh, yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that's I know that feeling. <laughs> are you where what studio are you at right now? Uh Creative Assembly still. Okay, CA. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. But that's part of Sega, right? Is Creative Academy underneath, underneath that assembly means? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's owned by Sega, but it's not really controlled by them. I don't think. Okay. It's pretty, still pretty independent. Awesome. Okay. Well, I don't know if you know how this works. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, it's basically, we just, um, enjoy some madness. I want to talk a little bit about your work and your career and perhaps your process. If you want to share some of it with us and just kind of going, going along and just kind of enjoying that, the getting lost in the ether of conversation so yeah sure i i have been uh been listening to your podcast for quite a while now actually oh cool awesome so, i usually have a uh just some form of podcast running at work when i'm getting stressed <laughs> does it help you kind of take your mind out of the situation yeah for some reason uh i think uh, music kind of gets me a bit too worked up oh yeah it would guess it depends on the music right yeah and i i tend to listen to some fast-paced stuff and what's that it's just not oh it's usually it's it's the likes of tool or something (laughs) (laughs) nice uh, not the best for having a nice calm peaceful work environment (laughs) it has some ambient stuff if you want i can i can send it along to you stuff that I listen to that's more chill because yeah I have the same problem when I listen to really crazy aggressive music I get kind of I get crazy myself so (laughs) then it affects the work so and it throws everything else off but sometimes it's good to have that I think though yeah during the crunch time you know yeah kind of keep you awake at least yeah absolutely definitely awesome so I guess maybe we what we can do is kind of talk about um what it is that you've been doing for the past, how long have you been in this industry for? Uh, I've been 10 years in house in various studios. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, a decade you've been working at. So it'd be really cool to kind of talk about what you've been up to, what exactly it is that you do and, um, yeah, let, let the audience know basically. So I I could do it for you, but maybe it would be better for you to kind of describe it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's not been a very exciting career. So oh man, come on, hush, you hush. <laughs> you have amazing work. So I love how humble you're being. Thank you. So, what is it that you do? I'm a concept artist. Awesome. <laughs> Predominant for predominantly for computer games but yeah. the odd uh, bit of film work here and there awesome very cool and and so i think i'm, not, I'm trying to th- remember where um how i get got familiar with your work i think it was um because i'm obsessed with that alien isolation game um i think i came upon your concept work either that or somebody shared your work to me or something but i remember thinking oh man this is insane like this this dude is really putting in a lot of work here so there's a lot of interesting stuff going on did did you kind of fall into this position is this something that you had you know were considering as a, a child or as a young person this is what you wanted to do or um um i no i i didn't really start into art until i was in my 20s even hmm or yeah, no, yeah, tw- twenty when I went to university, I wanted to be a, a a graphic designer. Well, I wanted to be an architect, but that was too much work. So I thought I'd go into graphic design, and then I hated that. <laughs> and then I, I I left university and didn't know what to do. So I thought I'd just try to learn to draw mm. <laughs> for a year or so. <laughs> and then I, I I don't know how exactly it happened, but I just stumbled across some forum post on I think it's probably some art form that doesn't even exist anymore I can't remember <laughs> and it was for a, for a job at uh, Starberries in Sweden mm. and uh, it was working on I think Chronicles of Riddick okay and yeah that's kind of that all happened in within a, a year of me deciding I wanted to draw pictures <laughs> yeah okay that's pretty quick though yeah, it was kind of a, it's a bit of a stressed year. I, I decided to just shut myself away for the the solid year. That's cool. I didn't have any contact with anyone. <laughs> that seems I, to I be the going there. trend though. That seems to be how people break it in is a year of just complete dedication. Yeah, yeah it, it literally was that. It was all day, every day for a year solid. What did what was I, that I, first couple months like for you? Of learning, yeah, just oh, that that first you know decision to do it, and then that first bit of just time. Um, what was that like for you, if you can remember? I uh, I think it was probably more of a, an escape than anything because I I just finished university and it wasn't what I wanted, and I didn't get anything out of it, mm. and. I was working in a, in a kitchen and it just sucked. <laughs> and I, I think I, I just thought that I needed something to, you know, occupy my mind. And it, it seemed like a fun choice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then I, I liked the, I liked the kind of self-study side of it. So it, it, it was hard, but it didn't ever seem like work. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. I think it's a perspective thing, right? And especially if yeah. it is what you're doing, it doesn't seem like work if it's if it's a good if it's something that you're interested in, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was 
I I love uh, traditional drawing. So it's you know studying life drawing and um, going out and doing studies and that kind of thing was back then. It was it was just a lot of fun. And then I kind of started um, learning about what actually concept art was. I didn't have any kind of clue that there were these people that you know kind of design things for the uh, the games and the movies and it uh, it just seemed to appeal to me that more designing nature of things. Awesome. Yeah. You mentioned not like really being interested in, or like kind of disassociating yourself, I guess, with graphic design. Was there a particular thing that, um, bad teacher or just stupid subject matter or just something didn't click with you? Is there something that you can remember why you didn't really get into, um, graphic design or decided to get away from it? Yeah, I shouldn't have stayed in Ireland. <laughs> I think that was the key. The, the, the place I went to, uh, I won't name what it is, but I'm sure anyone in Ireland would know there's only one place. Sure. Uh, and it, uh, it it wasn't, uh, it there was no like inspiration there. It was everyone that was teaching seemed to be there because they had no other choice for it. Oh, that's a horrible situation. There, that that happens a lot here too. That's everywhere, I think, though, huh? Yeah. Complacency and just people that just doing a job just because they have no other choice. I, I did have a a lecture during my college times when I was straight out of high school, mm. and uh, he he kind of. I guess he like planted the idea of being an illustrator into my head. Mm. Although I always thought it was, you know, I, I don't draw. So what's the point of me ever thinking about that? I'll sure. just stick to doing the design work and the advertising. But uh, I, I guess it was, it was him. He was really passionate and he, he kind of uh, always stuck in my head and kind uh, he he wrote to me from time to time like motivating me and i think that pushed me on quite a bit in those uh those early early couple of years maybe during university that's cool sometimes it that's all it is that's all it takes right it's just somebody to kind of open up a, a pathway for you or open a possibility for you to see what your potential could possibly be to you know yeah it's it's good to have a mentor when you're just kind of trying to figure things out for yourself do you have a mentor now or is there are there people that you admire to the form of um seeking their kind of i don't know their acceptance or their thoughts or i don't know something like that do you have anything like that in your life now uh well seeking people's yeah it's uh i'm i don't know i'm not i'm not very uh social i guess in the it seems to be these days uh people in the kind of illustration digital illustration and concept world they tend to be quite social and you know with their uh on the online communities and things sure i'm not very good at that i'm a bit i guess i'm a little bit uh reclusive in my online presence yeah but uh i work with such like high quality people you know every day that it's it is constantly you know you you have that bar to to keep up to totally yeah and you do want to impress the people that you're you're working with all the time 
yeah, I guess your work and your workplace and the people that you work with are your mentors, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, they're, they're quite a, quite a lot of creative people there. Even if it's not the, we're not in the same disciplines, we all kind of have the same, uh, like aspirations. Yeah. And we, we want to like achieve similar things in life. That's awesome. So it's good to like motivate each other because the work is, it's usually it's work. It's not, you know, as fun as people might think. So you, you need a little bit of something extra to get you through the day. Sure. Sure. And having that camaraderie, I guess, huh? That helps being yeah. around those people. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. You worked with Calum a, a bit, huh? I imagine. Uh, not, no, not really. He, uh, he was, I think for about three months, three, okay. six months, maybe he was on a short term contract. And, uh, I joined the company like literally as he had finished his contract. Oh no. So, oh, okay. <laughs> By the time I, I got on board, there there was no concept artist tied to the project. Okay, interesting. And that's what you jumped in to take over, I guess, to, to yeah. cinematic, <laughs> in cinematic realm, I guess, huh? Because the difference between the two year styles, he's more illustrative, obviously, and you, you have um, like a photo photoreal quality, I suppose. Is that kind of what you consider your work on Alien to be? Uh, the, the majority of work I did was probably not that fancy looking it was it was just the the technical drawings Hmm. but it's it's the stuff that i guess they didn't want to show (laughs) (laughs) well there's There's a stuff our book is pretty much the the more fancy looking yeah the stuff that's in um the art book too which i have as well and i suggest people that are listening should check it out um even if you're not even a fan of alien or the franchise or don't even have the game, I think it's a really cool um, journey as far as uh, what they took to create the game from an outside's perspective. I don't know um, the ins and outs and I know how this industry works. It's, it's never as easy as it seems. And there's always uh, a lot of trials and tribulations and, and it's tough. It's tough to make great things, you know, and I consider, um, this game to be a great thing. It's a great piece of entertainment. Um, I really loved it. I haven't even beat the game yet. I still haven't even beat it. <laughs> I, it freaks me out too much. And I think it, that's a testament to how good it is. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, it's pretty tiring. So, <laughs> but yeah, just I, to be I, fair though, I don't play any video games really ever, except a couple other, like a couple smaller iOS games and stuff. So I've I haven't even opened the box yet for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't bring myself to do it. You've you you've been on the you were working on this for quite a long time though, huh? Um, I think I was on it for maybe three three out of the five years of development. Yeah, that's a long time. So you're a soldier yeah. from the process of it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely even though it was pretty solid when I joined. But it, uh, like you said, it's never smooth. So it went through quite a few iterations on our direction. Could you kind of break down your process as far as when you first started out with this project? And are you actually a fan of this franchise too? Oh yeah, that's the it's part of the reason why I, the main reason I guess I I went went on to creative to to work on this because I've always been an, an alien fan. Yeah. And it was, it was in my kind of like 
you know top five dream things to ever work on yeah and so it's, it, you guys worked on like the next level i think you know that's what i consider it to be it's the next level of yeah. what that franchise is really internally so but, but when i joined I, I had no idea of you know the scope of it or i i knew creative assembly to be uh you know a maker of uh these kind of rts type games yeah so i i never i knew it'd be fun but i never really had any kind of uh i don't want to say hope because that sounds bad but it wasn't ever going to be anything that i want would want to play kind of game okay interesting in my initial my initial thoughts of it until you know i got stuck into the work and then i started to see what the actual vision of it was going to be and it was going to be this epic cinematic experience and and then as it, you know the years progress you kind of you see that wow this could actually be a, a massive success yeah but at what point in the process did you start to realize how significant it would be uh there was the first uh I, I guess the. I think uh, after about a year, we changed the game to an FPS game, mm-hmm. and I think that's when the whole entire attitude of it changed. Like people who were working on it, their attitude towards it changed, because uh, there was they were going through so much struggles. I think with keeping it in third person and trying to make it a survival horror. Yeah, it was just kind of crushing everybody's spirits a bit. Interesting. I think that's from my perspective. I could be wrong, but I, I'd say that's when it's switched to f- FPS, then it, you know, you started to like really feel like shit, this is a scary game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it not being that at this point, you know, I have the luxury of not having worked on it for so long and being attached to it and just being a consumer. Sometimes that's the best, uh, Sometimes if, if I have to do too much or, or I work on something for too long, it ruins all that awesomeness. And this is a project I wish I would have worked on, but at the same time, I'm glad I didn't because I got to enjoy it. So, and hearing things like that, that's kind of interesting to know <laughs> that you guys, yeah. you know, the, 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 the different iterations and the processes and stuff. So, yeah. And definitely, I think once the, the sound design team started really getting their teeth into it, then it, it really did change. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. And at, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I was also going to, I was just going to bring up the thing. And so when you were building this out and kind of working on this project and getting embedded with it, and then you started to see it's um, I guess it's internal p- potential. And um, is there a moment while you were creating this that, uh, was a significant growth for you personally as you were kind of developing yourself um, in this world? Uh, I th- I think so, yeah. Uh, I I got thrown in quite quite into the thick of it. Really, literally my first day I was doing like um, quite intense concept work while trying to, to learn all about uh, Ron Cobb and... Mm-hmm these original designs and so just the fact that there was this constant uh for three years i was constantly <laughs> just a, a steady workflow yeah i think that alone just uh, took me up another level maybe in and what i could achieve 
or at least it gave me uh, like confidence to you know it, to show what I was I had in my head. Whereas sure. before, I think I, I I wouldn't even have attempted a lot of that stuff because I just thought, well, I I can't do that. Mm. So this but is quite I, a, bit, a big growth spurt for you as a creative, huh? I think so. I, I'd been uh, I'd had the moments like that before on like previous games and. I think before joining Alien, I had been in a bit of a lull, maybe, and it was a, everything seemed to be leveling out a bit, and I wasn't really getting anywhere. What was the project prior, if you can talk about, or just the place or your state of mind? Uh it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I've been there before, so yeah, I can relate. I I was working uh, the 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 previous AAA game that I worked on was. Uh, Syndicate, okay. The the remake one that was out with uh, EA, okay. And uh, then a, a little uh, a download download title called uh, I think it was um, Brothers, uh, a tale of two brothers or something, okay. And um, they were both at Starbreeze, and um, it was uh, working on Syndicate was really good because that was cyberpunk and it was it was just fun. Sure. Uh, w- working on Brothers wasn't so much fun for me because it was kind of Disney. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it was, There's a uh, movie off that, right? Wasn't there something like that? It sounds familiar. I don't know. It, uh, it was um, the game director was a movie director. So I, I would imagine he would have taken it over to that place as well. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, but it was uh, it. It just wasn't my thing, really. It, it was it was still fun because I was drawing for a living, so I can't ever complain about that. Yeah, that's for sure. And but it wasn't ideal. Comp- company was going through a little bit of turmoil. I think I I think that's fair to say. <laughs> it was a uh, you know quite a lot of uh, redundancies after Syndicate, and there was a lot of tension in the air. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's just uh, a lot of people were kind of like abandoning the ship type of thing. Mm. Interesting. So it it, it wasn't a, a fun environment to be in anymore. Sure. Yeah. More hostile and stuff. Yeah. It was, it was a shame to leave Sweden because it was such a great country to be in. Sure. And it, it was a really inspiring country to be in because it was, you know, everyone was like, well, not even, but it was such a creative environment just being in the city I was in and I had uh, so many creative friends around me that it was it was constantly you were just wanting to work on stuff. Yeah, learning and exchanging ideas and stuff. So leaving that was quite a hard decision. Hmm. And I'd been there for, I think, six years. So it was it was kind of like all I knew, really. It was... I, I kind of arrived in my early twenties, and I, I pretty much grew up there. Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit daunting to give that all up to come to Southern England and <laughs> pretty unknown. Sure, <clears throat> but you, do you feel that the move obviously was um, the risk? It was worth the or the reward was worth the risk and the trial and trying this out and doing something different. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, Alien will probably be 
uh, a game that will will stand the test of time. Yeah. And so I I've, I I like that I'll have a little tiny bit of legacy and that I worked a little bit on it. <laughs> That's yeah. not too bad. Well, I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at the work that you're, you have on, let's say, uh, your art station. It's not just a little bit of work. It's tremendous. It's a ton of work. And I imagine there's quite a bit that you can't show, like you mentioned. Um, so this yeah, isn't, this isn't a little bit of work though. <laughs> this is a lot. I mean, three years, if you're pushing hard, three years of work is, is a significant amount. Do you know offhand how many I don't know, images or Photoshop files that you've created for Alien Isolation? Wow. Thousands? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the stuff I have that I've shown is just the stuff that's in the art book. But sure. the, yeah, the actual, yeah, there must be, must be, yeah, must be thousands. Because uh, I was, I was pretty much for those three years, I was the, the only concept artist there and I was the only um, 2D artist so it was kind of left up to me to do a bit of everything so there's uh, was always kind of storyboards needed doing map paintings for the the exterior shots of the space station and things yeah and uh, even down to like marketing you know kind of roughing out ideas for covers and things like that that's awesome so there was, yeah, it was a lot of work. What's, but what's really great about that is that you stood up. I mean, if you're the only one then and you stayed on, that means that you're holding your own weight and you're able to support um, the that position well, you know. That's what it seems like for me. So um, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, you're incredibly humble, which is great. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, we'll have links to your work and you can check it out. There's a it's pretty amazing what you've created for this and it's oh, it's thanks. yeah a significant amount of work and at the same time the quality and uh um i'm seeing a little bit too I don't, i'm not sure there, i don't know if it's obviously probably not in sequence but there's a development of growth too i can see kind of your just i don't know it looks like your ability to kind of hone in on you know texturing and lighting and building situational kind of settings and stuff, which are giving a lot of personal um, little bits to each piece, which I find to be really neat. Cause I think that's another really important part about this franchise is it's, it's, it's the future that's lived in, you know, it's a future that's, yeah. it's human yet strange and unique and different, which is really interesting. You mentioned uh, studying Ron Cobb and um, all those great artists that were attached to the original franchise um is there any books or anything in particular that you were really um, inspired by um we we had a we had a massive library of i i think it's stuff that no no one outside of fox had ever like been able to look at it was like uh it was immense the amount of like imagery from behind the scenes and the production of all of the alien movies. Mm. It was just like thousands and thousands of images. Yeah. Of, and, and of, uh, artwork that, that I'd never seen before anywhere else. And it was, it was great to be able to, you know, yeah, it's like awesome. Each day, just like kind of flick through that stuff for inspiration. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. It sounded like they had a lot of the original art from the films and stuff, huh? 
yeah, they they had um, made an early decision to, um, like uh, specifically for Callum's work, uh, they wanted to replicate the the way that Ron Cobb and Sid Mead and Mobius would have worked. Yeah, that's and smart. That, uh, you know, kind of the the more traditional way of thinking when it comes to design with the the markers and the pens, and they they had the idea that um, when they were in the production of the movie that they only really used what they had at hand you know to make the props and and build the models so they they wanted to carry that on into the game so we we designed things like we they would have designed it in uh i forget what date actually the movie was done but the 70s yeah and the the prop guys would make all the props out of you know, models of things that would be sitting around the space station type of thing. Awesome. And so they try to replicate the the way that the kind of production designers thought back then of working on the movie. Yeah. It's a very smart way to do it, I think. That's the best way because you're keeping it really yeah. true to what it is, you know? Yeah. S- sadly, I joined just after that phase. <laughs> <laughs> But it seems like you, you you still did a lot of technical drawings and stuff as well, right? Yeah, there, there's quite a lot of uh, mechanical design throughout the game, so a lot of that had to be really thought out. We we had a um, a concept artist called Stefano Sai. Mm-hmm. I guess you would have seen his stuff throughout the book. He did um, all the 3D kind of concepting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he super cool he tackled, stuff. Yeah, he was uh, he was just could fly through three <laughs> D like no one. Yeah, and he could jump, build like entire spaceships in what seemed like a couple of hours. Damn him! And uh, yeah, and he <laughs> he sat beside me for for a good couple of years, and that's awesome. And that was just uh, that was probably the the most inspirational thing about working on that project was having people like. Stefano, who just kind of would fuel me every day to to want to to make cool stuff and to improve as well. He he taught me so much. That's awesome. That's so cool. That's really what it's about when you work at a company. That's the best thing I think about it is you're able to communicate and connect and, and work with somebody directly on a daily basis and really push yourself. You know. Yes, yeah, especially when it's uh, a company like Creative where they're they're quite picky in who they hire. So they, they tend to be really ruthless in their hiring process. Yeah. They only get the, the people that they feel are, you know, at the kind of the top of their game. Sure. Which is good for people like me because then I could just steal all their knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, that's a good way of looking at it though, too. And, and constantly always learning, you know, you're like you mentioned, you know, you're a decade in, and your mindset is still, you know, learn, 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 uh, always trying to grow and progress based off of the, th- the people and the environment around you and how important that is, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. That's really good. I think it's really, I mean, I'm not sure about you, but I, I believe it's inc- incredibly important to stay humble and really stay curious and, and hungry for information, you know. Yeah, I, I don't ever want to get to the stage where I think that you know I I can't get any better or I I can't 
can't improve myself that would be such a depressing <laughs> way to be but yeah I, I like learning so it's it's always fun to be able to learn new new techniques and new processes and even new you know kind of softwares to to use and I, I guess because I, I didn't have any formal education so I didn't have this uh, background that most uh game artists would have had yeah. so I, I try to make sure I can I can get in as much as I can as possible now yeah with with the people who who do have all this expertise yeah it's awesome I think that's uh, kind of a common trend and trait that I've realized too is a lot of people that um, are in the industry at a pretty high level um, are able to do it without any formal education it's just the desire um there seems to be an interesting disconnect that i find with um, students and stuff sometimes people they understand it pretty quickly and then they know how hard it is to and what it takes to do great work and then some of them don't and i think it just breaks down to desire and work ethic at the end of the day we're all the same it's just the difference really is and most time is just who's willing to sit there and, and do it you know yeah which is yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy so no it's it's uh there's so many uh, people who who like speak to me or just starting out or or wanting to start out and and they do kind of have this uh, fantasy in their heads of what it's like to be you know, drawing all these cool pictures for games and <laughs> it's really not <laughs> hey come on now, let us dream nah, no totally <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's never as easy it, as it seems. No, it, it is fun, but it's fun because it's, for me at least, it's fun because it's so challenging. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I I do wish I could produce stuff every day that, you know, the art director is going to, like, praise me <laughs> over or sure. so it's going to be, it's going to go through easy, but it's not, not ever going to happen and, nine times out of ten you're gonna be shot down in some little way or you know kind of you you question your abilities or just things like that and it's i don't know maybe it's a bit sadistic but i like it yeah it, there's something there about that you know the exploration searching trying to find yeah stuff like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, how, how do you deal with um, critiques and stuff? Is that, what's a good um, for people that have a hard time um, with that part of the project? First off, I guess it's more about a relationship that you have. So if you're willing to listen to an art director, that means that you trust their their instincts and what they're telling you. But then the next stage is how do you implement their kind of thoughts and and decisions uh, so that you can kind of navigate yourself towards what they're after you have any kind of strategies that you use oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> basically yeah, harnessing uh, your ego so that it's for the better good of the project well i i i definitely don't hold the work i do nine to five in any kind of personal regard okay now you know if if it's shot down then it's not the end of my world sure <laughs> it, and it, it is i just keep reminding myself it's it is just a job and it's it's just it's uh i'm doing someone else's ideas and i'm trying to to represent them to the best of my ability 
and if it doesn't happen every time then i just need to to keep at it and and try to better understand the brief at hand but uh yeah it's i don't know really so not taking things personal and just kind of so so do you so do you talking about personal do you so outside of work and the nine to five kind of thing do you then go home and create your own stuff as well or i definitely i think that's that's the key to keeping a bit sane sure is uh having your own projects going yeah and it's uh, i i always try to try to have something running that's partly to just keep me interested or it's to actually help me improve for whatever the next level is that i i hope to raise to sure in the future somehow do you have an uh, kind of an idea of what your your levels are do you have a, like an intention or a concept as to you know okay now my next level is learning 3d or um you know whatever it might be or building my own graphic novel or do you have that in your mind prior to kind of building up or is it just kind of a natural process to see what happens uh, it, it comes and goes sometimes i i'm i'm perfectly fine with just seeing what whatever comes to mind and seeing how that goes out but uh mostly i, I try to have goals in the sense that um I, I want to be at a certain level at some point in my life or I want to work in a specific part of the industry. So I'll, I, I tend to do personal work that I think will kind of push me towards that. Sure. So right now I'm, I'm trying to uh, keep in mind of uh, film work. So I, I'm, I'm really trying to push on to making things a lot more cinematic and uh doing work that'll actually you know help in the film industry in the, in the future if it ever comes if not <laughs> it's still going to be fun to learn yeah so I'm, I'm trying to learn uh 3d modeling a bit better that's awesome i so think that's, I can, that's a key though right i think the key is keeping yourself engaged and, and passionate about what it is that you're doing yeah yeah definitely it's uh, it, it also helps for me to to do stuff that isn't really tied to what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, when when you when you finish work, you can kind of switch your mind over to something completely fresh. And same thing when you go into work, you're not you're not kind of drained for the day. Yeah, definitely gives so you something I, new perspective. I, yeah, that's good. Yeah, definitely, and kind of cleansing your palate, I guess your mental palate. Yeah, yeah, I I tried to do that, but uh, it wasn't so much on Alien because I I loved Alien, so I tended to do that in my personal time as well. It's a real dark world, though, too. Um, it could be kind of mentally taxing too. Is did is that something that you felt from building it and working on it so closely for three years? Because you're kind of like lost and trapped in a nightmare. Because that's what it is. It's kind of uh, all of our greatest fears summed up into one experience kind of so yeah but that's fun (laughs) (laughs) nice i I like that if i could do do those type of worlds you know every day all day i'd be happy yeah 
Yeah, I, I love anything that depresses me. <laughs> yeah, we was, I was I was about to jump into because you're talking about films there. We should talk about what films inspire you or get you motivated, but at the same time also depress you. So, <laughs> and since you're <laughs> talking about going into cinema, what are some of the films that? Because the best way to to get into cinema is obviously to study the best stuff. Yeah. And are there some films that you consider to be a lot of muse or inspiration for you and what those, what are those films and what do you look for in those, those, uh, those projects? Um, I, I would consider myself quite into my films. I, I feel a bit uh, reluctant to talk to you about films <laughs> given what you've achieved. Uh, I feel like I haven't bit, done anything uh, yet. Well, I, I, I really enjoy the ghost in the shell stuff that you've been working on. Oh, cool. Thank you. That's yeah, fine. And Ghost in Shell being one of the movies that really inspires me, of course. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What's, uh, you know, obviously, are you a fan of the franchise? And um, is that something that you, uh, like, what, what, which, which one of the projects or which one of the, um, the actual, because there's so many now, right? There's, there's like, I don't know. There's the TV series and. Yeah. Do you, which yeah. one do you follow and which one do you consider to be closest to your heart? As far as inspiring, I, I, I've uh, I've watched and I've enjoyed all of them for their own merits. Sure, but obviously the the original. Yeah, I I really dislike the whatever they did to remaster or remake the original. Yeah, what was that all about? Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, I I, I can't uh, I can't get my head around that uh, a committee meeting where they signed off on it. <laughs> But yeah. it, it, the original is is definitely uh, high up there. My most inspirational films. I I love that kind of. I love the UI design in it. That really simple, old eighties look. So cool, huh? Super robust yeah. and like thick and heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not pretty at all. No. But <laughs> yeah, it's utilitarian. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, it's a yeah, special. It's a really special property. You know that they're making the film, right? Film adaptation of it. Yeah, with, uh, with um, Rupert's doing it. Yeah, um, uh, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. Yeah. 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 What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, other, that's that's as far as my knowledge of that is. Sure. But I, I I'm not I'm not too uh, much in the camp of hating on things that. I'm passionate about getting remade. I, I, I'm all for stuff from like I've grown up watching getting remade today. It's, you know, if it isn't good, I just won't watch it. If that's it a great looking. Good. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. That's how I look at things. I think that's an important way to look at it too, because you never know if it's going to be good or bad. And then even if it is, you don't have to watch it and you yep. always have the original. That's amazing. So what, why do people feel so entitled to, to have their, this is my thing and don't remake it. Like I remember feeling like that. And then I would be like, what the fuck's my problem? Like, why do I care what these people are doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It it's, doesn't yeah, matter. Just switch TV off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you can, the one, the one thing that I always say to myself or to other people is that you always have the original to so you watch yourself, you know, like when, when Akira was being recreated or whatever, um, adapted to film, people are flipping out and it's like, well, like who cares if it sucks, it sucks, whatever. You can always watch the original, you know? Yeah. 
I was I was really looking forward to Akira getting remade though. Yeah, that's interesting. Into yeah. a film uh, adapted into film. Yeah, I, I I like the 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 choice of director. Mm-hmm. It's the the guy who did the Leviathan short. Yeah, the or, the, the giant worm thing. Yeah, R- Rory Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I really like. I wasn't too familiar with his work, but. I actually just watched the other night his last days on Mars movie. Okay. Was it good? Yeah, I, I really liked it. I think it had a really, really nice uh, space uh, scenes. Cool. The, the way that they, they lit the, the spaceship and the, the camera work on it, was it felt really real. But how was it uh, as a film and a story? How was that? You're on what story? Uh, <laughs> It was zombies in space. So. Yeah. So it's pretty much that's what it is. It was as good as that, yeah. Yeah. And are you, no, yeah. It, it, was, it was enjoyable, though. It was uh, an entertaining movie. Sure. Yeah, I've never seen it. Is it, um, what's it called again? Uh, the Last day, last Days on Mars. Last, last Days on Mars. Mars. Gotcha. Cool. Are you looking, I, do you know much about um, Ridley Scott's next, The Martian? Are you, are you interested in that? Yeah, yeah. Should be pretty I, cool. Yeah, Ridley Scott movies are always, they're always going to be worth watching. Yeah, I think so. He's he's one of those last kind of remaining directors that I think we have right now. There's quite a few actually, but he's one of those that you know you can go see and get something something rad out of it i think something special yeah he's a special special director so definitely somebody that's interesting what are some of the films that you've studied that you really interested in uh i i think uh, the movies that inspire me the most even though given the nature of my work might be a bit weird but i really really love terrence malick movies oh yeah of course and I, I I can't say there's any direct link, but I'm always inspired in the projects I do by his movies. Hmm. So I I I I don't know what what it is about. I think it's the it's just his like love affair of nature and the way he shows that. That I, I think uh, specifically in the alien stuff, the showing the the world how it's lived in and. You know the little like kind of details that wouldn't matter on their own, but they're they're quite important for him to show. Yeah, I, I like that, and I, I try to do things like that. I guess he really um, brings a lot of character of things um, that are usually much more overlooked. I think, which is a special, a really special um, director's viewpoint that I think it makes him stand out as far as directors that of work that I enjoy personally, like the new world had a, a lot of really, really just amazingly beautiful vantage points. Um, yeah. that are really unique, you know, I really need to go and re binge watch a bunch of his films and kind of study it. I still have yet to see the tree of life. Everybody's like, see it. And I think I, I kind of fought against it cause I don't like it when people are like, sucking on a film's dick or something like get out of here (laughs) so i'm like uh a lot of people were telling me to watch it so i'm waiting to kind of let that kind of die down and 
um, visit it myself. It's kind of an oddity, I guess I have, but um, is there a certain, a particular Malik film that stands out to you or a moment from a Malik film that you can recollect and remember that's in- inspiring for you? Uh, visually, it's definitely um, uh, Days of Heaven. Hmm. Uh, I, I guess that's a pretty common choice for, I, I think it is definitely the most beautiful looking movie ever made. Yeah. But I, I really, I, I really, really loved um, To the Wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, the Ben Affleck one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. I, 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 I don't know. I can't put my finger on why I, I really love that because it, there's nothing in it that should appeal to me. Sure. It's, it's a romance movie. It's, it's about, uh, you know, heartbreak and it's, it's nothing that ever <laughs> would, it would interest me, but I, I just really love that movie. Yeah, well, perhaps there's something inside that he's doing that's activating something inside your mind, you know, that's getting you to think about something. I mean, that's really the beauty of a lot of of directing itself is also a tool of activating your audience's mind and imagination and also their memory and capturing something special within them. So perhaps yeah. it's, it's perhaps it's something that you'll discover later down the road, you know, so... Do you have aspirations to direct or write or anything beyond the creative art realm? Well, um, if I could pluck something out of my dreams, it, it would, of course, be I'd love to direct movies. I, I have no uh, no ability at it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about no directing, experience. do you think? Is it the power of it and the control of the situation? Yeah, I I just I've I've always wanted to be able to tell stories, mm. and I I don't maybe it's just given the nature of my job that I've always felt like I've been limited to do by doing that. Yeah, or limited to do that. Sorry, and it, it's always been telling someone else's story, and and uh, I I'm never going to be able to make my own games. So. Yeah, you yeah, sure? Maybe uh, if you want to the people that are doing that are just it's a choice right yeah i'm just not a big fan of games (laughs) the the process of building them or just them in general games in general yeah i I don't really play them at all yeah ever you know occasionally occasionally i I picked up the the witcher to play witcher 2 witcher Mm. 3 uh to play that but not not really i'm not a big gamer yeah. So I, I'd, I'd much rather spend my my free hour watching a movie that that inspires me a lot more. Sure. If it's not a movie that you're watching, are you into reading or anything like that? What other kind of me- forms of media do you normally enjoy? Well, I, I definitely. Uh, I'm not saying I have a problem, but I got quite a, a lot of comic books. So. <laughs> <laughs> you describe a, quite a lot. What is that number? Uh, well, I'm I'm looking at my bookcase now, and it's full. And then I have storage boxes in the bedroom hidden away. <laughs> my my parents' house has all of my childhood comics, and awesome. There must be a, a few hundred, maybe. Oh, that's not bad. I'm actually no. moving right now, and I have to put box up all my books. 
And I've lived at this house for four years now. And every month or so, I would buy like about $200 worth of books off Amazon. <laughs> and so yesterday, I was having to pack all that shit up. And I was like, who the fuck bought all these books? <laughs> so many books. It just boxes and boxes and boxes of books. Um, but they, I have they don't make boxes strong enough for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, ma- <laughs> I have to pack them in like smaller boxes so I don't throw out my back and they don't just implode on themselves when I go to move them. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, thing. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that we're coming from a similar generation. How old are you? Uh, 31. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just a year ahead of you then. So I'm 32, but comics were what I grew up with. And that was kind of, it's interesting now when I think about the youth of today and what they have is, is totally different from what we had. Um, but it's, it's not better or worse really. It's just different. And, uh, I find it interesting when I meet people of my same age or similar that have, um, really gotten into, you know, back into the comics or still collect comics or really interested in that form of media too, you know, is there um, a particular artist or comic that you follow that you're really interested in that inspires you? Um, there's, uh, there's a few comic artists that I've, I, I kind of tend to just get whatever I can of theirs and it's uh, Sergio Toppi. Yeah. Yeah. His work Thank is great. You. Right, uh, John Paul Leon. Yeah, John Paul Leon's fucking amazing. Yeah, and uh, Jorge Zafino. Oh yeah, he's awesome too. Yeah, that, that's kind of my uh, definitely my top three, and I I, I love uh, I love any anything by them. I've had John on the podcast actually. He's, yeah, yeah, he, I, I listened to that one. He's fucking rad. He's such a cool dude such a beast yeah it's uh it's i i wish i could just draw a fraction of what he can (laughs) and i'd die happy yeah he's 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 a beast he's been doing it for quite a long time too now now i think about it um i think that's that's what we talked about a little bit earlier is is it's just a matter of doing it and working at it and really pushing yourself you know and kind of digging into that um, part of what you're trying to do and really dedicating your life to that, whatever that might be, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's something that, uh, again, a lot of people don't really realize is that if, if you want it to be your career, then it's, it's going to be your life as well. Yeah. And it's going to, it's going to take over and that, that's a good thing, but it's definitely going to take over. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think that's an that's an important aspect, though, to consider when you're kind of making that progress and building that out is is to acknowledge and understand that you are going to be dedicating your life to it, and that's the only way to be really good at it. So, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just whether you think in yourself if that's worth it or not, and and for me, it was it was absolutely worth it, and. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to sacrifice whatever I can for it. I think that's a good way of looking at it, though. I think that's probably um, 
I mean, that's the only way I, I consider it to look at it is you had to be completely dedicated. And because the thing from my perspective is art is so personal and it's so honest and people can pick on, pick up pretty quickly if you're being dishonest or just not passionate. And a lot of the times I have a weird theory is, uh, is that it's just the passion behind things that really solidifies and brings it all together. Um, people, you know, and if you have a, a large group of people that you've been able to, kind of steer and navigate into being passionate about something, then the audience is going to feel that and it's going to resonate with that. You know? Um, yeah. You, I think it's evident to see it everywhere nowadays, even is that you have people who are doing somewhat silly things, but they're really passionate about it. YouTube celebrities, for example, and people are they're they're making a living off of just being silly human beings with passion and, and I think the same thing with art. That's why I think it's pretty important to dedicate yourself to it. That way yeah. it really is, you know, fell. You, you mentioned like the ghost in the shell project. That was a hundred percent passion from everybody involved. You know, um, there was, there was no budget. It was just us doing what we love and paying a proper homage and tribute to something that's inspired us tremendously. Um, and just kind of giving back to that, you know, I think a lot of the success of that project was, like you said, that um, you were also passionate about it. And me, as a a, a viewer and a you know a, a fan of that IP, I I could clearly get that passion. So in turn, it made you know made me feel kind of part of it in a way. That's awesome. That, it's beautiful. You know that that I I felt like it was it was true to what I I wanted. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also kind of I, well, I I don't know actually if I'm just not making any sense. No, it totally I, I makes sense psychologically. Yeah, it's really cool. I'd imagine that that's uh, that kind of resonated with a, a lot of people, and and that kind of fuels people's yeah, just their passion. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome actually. The response was insane. It was ridiculous. Um, we didn't. I don't think anybody on the team even thought that it was going to be something like that. There was a lot of confusion too. I think a lot of people wanted to see the full film, and trust me, I would love to do that. But I think <laughs> it was more. It was for me. It was just. I'm a big fan of a of a, this photographer, um, Gregory Crudson. Are you familiar with his work? Uh, no. Ah, you should check him out, man. Super awesome stuff. He, he has a documentary on his work. Um, I think it's called like the Crutzen story. I saw it on Netflix and basically what this, uh, artist does is he sets up these amazing photographs and, uh, they're huge movie like level productions to get these one photos, but they're, the negatives are huge. They're massive. The final print of them are did, did he have a documentary? Yes, yes. Have you seen uh, it? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. The Greg, that's Crutzen film or Crutzen story or something. Let me look it up really quick. Uh, Greg, Greg Crutzen. Isn't it, it's, it's the name of one of his photos, I'm sure. Um, yeah, or one of his series. Um, it, the, the documentary is just called, um, oh, wait, it's Gregory Crutzen Brief Encounters. No. Is yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, maybe. Okay, then, yeah, I, 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 do, I do know of him. Yeah, so this guy, he would go out and, and he would just make these incredible kind of narrative pieces, photographs that were just on another level, um, lit very well, and he's obviously very inspired by David Lynch and 
um, films of that nature, the way that he lights and builds a narrative and story. Um, but the, the beauty of it is there's, there's, he puts years into just one photo. And I just felt that was really an interesting aspect to, you know, what an interesting way of creating something, being so dedicated to something just to make one image. Uh, it really resonated with me. So I figured, oh, let's just combine that with Ghost in the Shell. Let's take something that I love very much and then let's all work together on it and create something that um, is unique and special. Let's just make, let's just recreate that introduction and in still images, you know? So that was the goal. And I felt like a lot of it got lost as far as people's, you know, where's the film? <laughs> and I okay. would always say, you know, if I could make this into a film and do it all out of passion with a bunch of friends and people from around the world, then Hollywood is fucked because we can basically do whatever we want and it's getting closer, but yeah, it takes a lot of money <laughs> and time because yeah, just those images alone were 14 months of my life of just constant, uh, yeah, constant communication with the team. So, but I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I think that's really the way you analyzed it makes a lot of sense and I've never heard it articulated like that. So that's really cool to know. So well, it's a, it's, it's a, a good inspiration for me to, you know, or a good aspiration for me to, inspired to achieve something like that one day but i i, I don't know if that's possible but i'll, I'll try <laughs> yeah you should well, what's what's something that you're passionate about like currently what's something that you really have you seen the recent mad max i've noticed that you have some pieces on art station that have um i don't know if this is from well, i don't know what that's from necessarily but it's got that same oh, mad that max kind of feel stuff so Icarus, I think uh, it's called. No, I, I haven't. I haven't actually seen that. No, you haven't seen it yet. Hmm, you should check that no, out. I, yeah, I've. Uh, it's been on my definite to watch list. I just haven't had time to watch movies in the last few months. Oh, okay. But it's uh, yeah. It, I I like post apocalyptic stuff, so that's it's going to be fun. It's a beautiful and, film. Uh, yeah, I've from what I've seen of it, I'm. I'm kind of, uh, I'm waiting to get the Blu-ray and then I'm going to just shut myself away for a night. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's a special thing. I'll just leave it at that. You should check it out though. Curious to think what you see, what you think. But if there was a, to be a project, you know, you mentioned Akira and stuff. Is there a project in mind that you're passionate about that you could see dedicating some of your life to just kind of bringing to life or creating something? Um, I don't know, readapting things, I guess. Um, if it, if I could take uh, an existing IP and and do what whatever I could, uh, I think maybe I'd, 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 I'd like to do Dune. Yeah, Dune it really needs a remake, proper remake. Yeah, <laughs> I watched it the other day, and yeah, it's not good. Like, I mean, it's good, but it's just really bad. <laughs> The, yeah. the the book is is just so detailed and there's you could spend a life just you know trying to yes. re, like recreate everything in that book oh yeah oh yeah easily you could spend multiple lives doing that because that's a very depth in depth it's a religion almost a theology how deep it yeah. goes it's a really i remember reading um 
because there's multiple series. I remember reading the original book when I was younger. It's filled with madness, but that is actually a great example. I wish this is what I would suppose I, I think would be great is, you know, like the Game of Thrones um, aspect, basically, because doing you couldn't do into film. It's just why? Why would you do that? It's too big. It's it doesn't it's like taking it's like taking something massive and, and amazing with filled with detail and all the beauty and just you just taking like the pinky toenail off of it. You know, it's like it doesn't. It's like, yeah, like the statue of David or something. And you're all you're showing is just like his heel or something. It's like, it's, it's nothing, you know, like why not have more? And I think it would be really awesome if, if somebody were to consider taking Dune and bringing it to the likes of what Game of Thrones is doing, you know, I think it's definitely possible. And I love that things like Game of Thrones exist because it's proving that it's possible, proving that people love it and it's a sellable product, you know? There, there is a, a Dune TV series. Is there? Damn, I must from, be sleeping. I can't remember. It's 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 not great looking at all. It's oh. it's so low. But the, the the sets are the deserts are like kind of soundstage with a poorly made cloth kind of backdrops. Oh, that's but you not can good. still see the the stitching on the seams and. Oh, yeah, but story-wise, it's it's really solid because they don't leave anything out. Mm, okay, so they just don't have the budget to refine it then. Yeah, and then they they made a another uh, using his sequel books, the the Children of June. Yeah, yeah, made that uh, TV series of that as well, and That's th- cool. that was that was that was pretty nice looking. Hmm. But they and haven't a, they haven't done it at that Ridley Scott level yet, though, huh? No, no, it, it definitely needs a lot of money. <laughs> you should start it, dude. Start drawing it. Then people will see it, the benefit of it. That'd be pretty cool. I have been on and off for as long as I've been a concept artist. I, I think June is, should be in every concept artist's library. Yeah. And it should be turning to it for inspiration. It's it's like a Bible for concept art for me. Yeah, it's filled. It's just got a plethora of information and just so much depth with characters that have uniqueness and similarities to the reality that we live in, but it's altered and distorted into becoming its own unique enterprise and world, you know? So, I mean, at the core of it, the story is really, um, I think for my personal memory is that it's, the human spirit basically in perseverance, right? Is that kind of what the core of the, the, the pulp of the story is basically, but then you sow all these things, you know, um, betrayal and tragedy and yeah, there's a lot of interesting things. Yeah. It would be really great to see it at a very high level. One thing I had a big complaint with, with the, the, the Lynch film is it's lit like, nobody turned the lights off it's like what the fuck man like it it looks like wizard of oz at points it's like ah man this set the sets on that film are just so exquisite they're so beautiful and if they were just to light them in a unique way man that would have been epic yeah everything kind of looks flat in it yeah this is getting me really curious i'm really interested this is how all these things start really um the ghost in the shell thing was just an honest attempt to just do something for fun. Um, 
and this could, this is also something that's really of interest to me because I love the property, you know, and I think that a lot of people do as well. Um, it's something interesting to think about possibly making something unique enough to build from that situation, that world. So I'm doing it myself personally with the lost boy stuff, but I think that this is also really fun because it's always fun to rebuild properties from your childhood. Once you're, you've obtained skills and, and, and things to be able to kind of translate these ideas into visuals and share them with people, you know, it's kind of like, that's, I guess, part of the goal as well. Yeah. That's uh, I, I love the, the challenge of, of uh, trying to yeah, re-envision things that everybody's going to be familiar with and everybody's going to judge, but you just have to make it look awesome. Yeah. Or just how you see it in your mind or reinventing things. You know, I think it's been, you know, the still suits have been created and there's a lot of information out there as far as how the worms look and all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, the spice and all that good stuff. I think there's a lot of interesting things to still explore and to rebuild and to rethink, you know, retool. So yeah, I would love to see maybe HBO has already got this in their, you know, who knows HBOs they're, they're, yeah. they're so ahead of their game. They just make the, some of the best stuff ever, but who knows, maybe they already kind of have this in, in, in the works because I think the only way to do this would be on the level of game of Thrones. That's the only way to do it properly, you know? So, yeah. Are yeah, you, I, do you I, watch game I, of Thrones by the chance? I, yeah, I do. I haven't watched any of the new stuff though, but hmm. yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's not, it's not super exciting for me, but I, I like the, the production value of it if more than anything. Yeah. A lot of money spent on that show. Yeah. And I think and it's, it's uh, spent well too. It's filmed uh, from my neighborhood. Oh, really? There you <laughs> go. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's yeah. multiple locations, right? There's um, the snow one and then the, there's the desert and then, and then England, I think. Right. Or no, yeah, the, uh, no, uh, Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, yeah, yeah. I wonder what I think that's the Stark stock. Yeah, yeah. Type. I think uh, a lot of the forest scenes are kind of forests I used to visit as a kid. That's cool. And that's interesting. But, yeah, it's a, I, it's it's a good entertainment. It's there's not enough of that type of high level stuff on. Yeah, I would, you know, I remark uh, sometimes it's actually better than what films look like. <laughs> like you know, yeah. you go see a feature film and it's like it's almost at the same level or not as good. And I'm like, wow, like Game of Thrones is delivering on a weekly basis and the level and quality is just it's really hard to touch. I think it's a really beautiful t- day and time that we live in, you know, being able to manifest these these things into reality pretty quickly at a very high level which is very awesome really special yeah and so so much uh, tv shows now are they're surpassing what movies can offer yeah i think it's a new form of of, of consumption like i said you couldn't make doing a, a film i just you can't it doesn't work it's not it's not the same thing i mean you could but you're really you're just cutting out all the great parts. And the only, yeah. re- the only thing that I think the special thing about Dune is you live in that world and it becomes you and you really get pulled in. And the reason why that works is because he keeps you in there for such a long time because it's a very long and drawn out, well-conceived yeah. world. And you can't just rush that. It just it doesn't work. You know, it's 
it's just not it's not part of that same equation you have to give it time to develop and work and and build it to become what it is you know yeah yeah definitely yeah man you should definitely do it man that sounds cool i'd like to see this (laughs) i would like to see it (laughs) yeah i think everybody would too there's plenty plenty of fans that would definitely be the dream project should do it don't hold back man one life live it up (laughs) yeah i just need to to learn how to make movies first (laughs) yeah well i mean it depends on what you're trying to um create you know if you look at your skill set and what you could create in a a certain amount of time it's like you know you could visually explore what these scenes look like and break it into beats and focus on you know this is what that set would look like and this is what this world would look like and this is what paul atreides would look like and you know this is what he you know this is what they look like when they're doing this and this is a new version of the still suit and kind of breaking into bite-sized pieces and how it looks and, and is created you know so yeah yeah I'm all pitching ideas and shit. <laughs> Sorry. This is the things I love though. I, I love, I love thinking about what is possible. I'm really considered, well, I'm really interested in, in doing something um, with that, that game Dune, Doom. Cause I love Doom so much. Like as a kid, I was like, the, it's such a special game. And I'm like, man, what could I do in that universe for fun? That would just be a lot of, just a lot of fun, basically. Like, how can I, use my expertise and skill to kind of elevate the way that nobody's seen that you know it's just problem solving really and and don't don't include the rock in it no no rocks allowed so yeah (laughs) yeah i would not include the rock in that for sure so (laughs) no i i mean i have a really weird threshold i like to like to have things really raw and honest and kind of nasty and really really just brutal so especially if you're going to do that world if you're opening up a gate to hell like it it, you should the audience should feel that at all times that just chaos and stuff so but Anyways, yeah. back, let's talk a little bit more about the process of, so if we go back to um, your time working on Alien Isolation, so you're sitting next, next to Stefano, is that his name, right, Stefano? Yes, Stefano Sai. Stefano Sai, okay, and so he's kicking out um, amazing 3D uh, kind of assets, and then he's passing that over to you, and then you're doing paintovers, is that kind of the process? Uh, pretty much for like the, the ship, uh, ship designs that were in the game. It was, uh, I started going with some, uh, just some simple kind of design work to kind of block out the shapes and the, the basic design language of each of the ships. And then Stefano would use his magic and build these like crazy designs that all had functioning kind <laughs> of mechanisms and, you know, all real kind of feeling. And sure. then, yeah, then, then they would come back to me and I would you know, do some painting on them to kind of bring a bit of texture life to it. And then back to him again and he, he gets it all ready for a game, I guess. Wow. It's a lot it's, of work. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that was, uh, we, we had a nice, uh, a nice kind of relationship with, that back and forth and and there was there was no like ego between us we didn't like try to outdo each other or kind of take credit over another it was always just 
a good harmony between us. That's beautiful. Kind of a symbiotic relationship, just creating for the better good of making great work. Yeah. Yeah. It was really effortless. It was, it was like some of the, yeah, the, the, the funnest I've had working on games was, was during that time. That's cool, man. That's awesome. Do you guys still collaborate now or? Uh, not so much. He, he's, uh, he's doing his own thing freelance wise. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but he only lives down the road kind of thing. And it's, we still keep in contact and he's making crazy projects of his own that are, his visions are, are so immense. That's awesome. I guess that's kind of what it is, a world building and stuff and creating these things. So. And how yeah, much, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. And so while you're creating this stuff, I mean, how much of it, so you get like a render pass or build something out and kind of cr- cross pollinate and, and collaborate. But when you're, when you get, let's say like a, a 3d asset, how much of it is painted and then, and then how much of it is, is using photos. And, and is that kind of a technique that, um, is helping you as far as it's like, I guess, um, photo bashing, I guess is what is considered these days. Um, is that something that, um, is a, is an important aspect of your creative flow when you're making these things. And, um, yeah. Um, I, when it comes to photos, I'm not, I, I do use photo textures, but I'm not crazy on using like, uh, actual photos of, you know, uh, a vehicle or a person or whatever to, I, I'm just not very good at incorporating them into an image and I'd rather not have the stress of trying to. But I uh, I use a, a lot of 3D and in Alien, we had uh, quite an extensive library of assets that were kind of built and so I, I could pick and choose them when I wanted to populate a scene with things or I would uh, use my own kind of basic knowledge and mock-up stuff. That's awesome. And then... And then it's usually it's just straight painting. I, I'm not very uh, sophisticated when it comes to digital painting. I don't have a, a massive library of photo reference or texture references. I try to make do with whatever Photoshop has. Sure. Yeah. It makes sense then. Yeah, I'm just curious to kind of the process and then passing things back and forth. So I, I imagine what happens is kind of you're trying to show what it would possibly look like once it's close to yeah. end game right is the, the feeling the mood the atmosphere the tone tonality and stuff so because i noticed one of the processes that you have up is there's a couple render passes there's one with like aos on it and then it's a basic light pass and then you go in and kind of key out certain areas and bring a lot of drama and then add textures and then seam it all together with with just painting basically right yeah yeah just try to give uh uh what I can manage to, to show to be the ideal of what the scene could look like. Yeah. Whether or not it's, it's ever doable is <laughs> kind of not my, not my problem. Yeah. But, well, you're, you're trying to make something great and that's it. Right. And focus on the best thing possible, best out, outcome or situation. Yeah. Yeah. And of course there's so many limits when it comes to actually putting stuff in game that, you know, we can't have, thousands pieces of little kind of paper embers or whatever floating around <laughs> the room and not yet soon no. though. soon yeah <laughs> it's getting closer every day yeah 
Yeah, yeah I'd really have cool. to maybe uh, step up my painting abilities even further then to <laughs> step better. Yeah, well, it's always like, you know, if we look at how far video games have come in just our lifetime, I remember sitting down playing Mario Brothers and that was, you know, that was the the pinnacle at the moment. That was the best graphics you can get. It was the most responsive and such a fun game to play or, um, you know, Donkey or Donkey Kong or um, Duck Hunt and stuff. But look flash forward to now like it look how crazy it is now it's pretty interesting you know it's pretty pretty unique how far along it's come i'm not sure if it's better or worse or what to think of it it's just different you know um well i i remember i was talking to somebody about this this week actually i remember sitting down with my brothers playing a commodore 64 mm-hmm. and it was a simple game of a, like a little character scrolling across the screen and all you could do was just jump over stuff yeah yeah i remember playing that for hours (laughs) yeah yeah of course and and uh i mean when i'm looking at the the new witcher game then it's 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 obviously it's you know a completely different animal yeah but uh, and that's kind of scary how good that is (laughs) (laughs) yeah just the visuals it's so immersive and, and, and deep, and, and uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I find it interesting because we came up with, you know, we grew up with the, the Commodores and the Nintendos and Ataris and comic books and a whole different realm of media consumption. Um, I look at my daughter and I look at kids these days, and I'm, it's like, wow, it's, it's a whole different realm of, of media consumption. Um, and like I said, uh, I don't know if it's better or worse or what it is. It's just different, you know, and I'm not sure what to think of it, to be completely honest, because I'm not uh, sure if it's better or not. You know, sometimes I think, yeah. well, maybe this is too much. I think the one thing we can all agree upon, and I'm sure you are very familiar with, is the thing that made Alien so special, at least to me, was that a lot of it was hidden. And that's the beauty of it. You know, like you don't like it's the opposite of the sets for Dune. Like everything was shown and I didn't want to see it all. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted my imagination to fill in the left side of the screen that was black and I couldn't tell what it was, but it didn't matter, you know? Yeah. Um, but Which is the reason why I like, I love the Dune book so much is that Frank Herbert has a way of explaining in detail what an object is, but not ever telling you what it looks like or, what it sounds like or yes you know that's all completely left up to you and i think when we were playing those kind of limited games back then we could sit and play them for hours because we were filling in all the blanks yes and i i hope it's not to the case now that kids or uh, the younger generation i guess are, are playing these games and they're not having to think that's exactly <laughs> you know, what's happening having- though yeah I think that's exactly what's happening. That's the sadness. It's quite scary then for the future of, you know, if we're not going to have the the people who are making these wonderful things today, you know, is that going to exist in like 30 years time? I don't know if it is. I don't don't think it's possible just because it's different, you know, and I think, you know, the one thing I got to always be cautious of is not being caught in what I think is right based off of my nostalgia, you know. 
Um, yeah. Because it's easy to go, well, this new generation sucks because they're dumb and they don't know how to use their imagination. But at the same time, maybe they don't need to, you know, and who who's to say that what's right or wrong. So it's, it's very complex. I think that that, you know, but when you you've just what you've described is, is exactly the interaction that you must have with your fans or the people that you create work for or with is you need to stimulate their 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 entire mind not just the frontal cortex but the entire mind creating memories activating imagination uh, stimulating all different sections of the brain because that's what that's where your mind thrives and if you can do that i think you've created something very special yeah you you always want people to to want more and i i guess for the ghost in the shell project that's that's a great compliment for you that people, you know, even if they didn't understand what it was that that they were still wanting more of it. Yeah. That was a big, that was the biggest complaint and which is the best complaint you could ever have. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, maybe that's, that will be our saving grace in that um, we'll create things that, that people will just want more of and they'll, they'll, they'll have to fill in more for themselves and, and maybe that's the way that will stimulate people in the future. Yeah, I think that's really the goal, I believe. I I think for me personally when I look at VR and, and AR and how the everything is changing and, and our reality is being augmented, uh, I think that a lot of it's gonna be about um people interacting on a higher level of, of communication, but at the same time, um, it's very bespoke to their own experiences, but then there's a lot more interaction. So instead of sitting in a theater with a bunch of strangers in the dark and watching a film called alien, um, you're going to be immersed in this world and you're going to have to use your imagination and your thoughts and the way that you would interact to kind of activate these different things. They're totally different, but similar and um yeah i think what's really key is people like yourself or creatives um taking the responsibility of creating great content um so that we can kind of create continue the legacy because you know recently we've lost uh hr giger is that how you say his last name everybody has a different way of saying is it geiger or giger i i would say i think i i would around people i would say giger because that's probably correct Sure. But in my head, it's Geiger. Yeah, exactly. I have a hard time. I'm sure people are yelling on the podcast, like, oh, it's Geiger or Geiger. But who cares? But anyways, um, somebody like him or, you know, we've lost Mobius as well. We've lost a lot of really um, special creatives um, that really drove a lot of the visuals and the world that, you know, we enjoy and love so much. I think it's really important for us to to reach deep inside our own selves as creatives and create our own thing and be original and unique in our own way, use the same ingredients, but be ourselves. Um, and I think that's a hard thing to do for most people because it's scary because, you know, imagine like the life of Giger, for example, uh, it was probably kind of odd and a weird thing. And he was, you know, he blew up off alien, but that was after alien. How do you top that? You know, it's just, you're the alien guy, you know? Mobius is a little bit different. There's a lot of different artists that have different paths, of course. Um, but it's it's kind of it's it's interesting, you know. I think it's a it's a challenge, uh, interesting challenge to have. Um, but yeah, I'm rambling on. But basically, what I'm saying is that I think it's important for us all 
to acknowledge the past, but at the same time, like create our own, our own future uh, and recreate the things that we love by taking the responsibility of creating it ourselves. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's key. And I, and I really feel that with what you guys were doing, I felt like you guys did the homage of all homages to alien in that, in that, in that realm, in that world. And that's the thing I really love about it. You know, now it's like, okay, what are we going to do next? You know, what's interesting next? Like what's, what's an interesting thing to consume and, and think about and focus on next, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and that's kind of in the, I guess the stage that I'm at currently is the, you know, what do I do next? That's going to top what I did for alien. Yeah. Yeah. And what is that? And that's what I was going to, I mean, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up here in a minute, but that's what the thing I really wanted to know is kind of where is your headspace at and what are you thinking is next for you and your career and your desires and what you're after? What is that? Yeah. And and that's the thing I don't know, (laughs) but it's, I, yeah, I, I, I think uh, my, my mind is, I, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to keep saying I'm, I, I want to work in movies because that seems like it's it's such an infantile thing to say. But <laughs> yeah, I, I want to figure I want to figure out a way that I could tell like the stories that I have, and whether that's working in movies or it's comics or it's just making more paintings of these little worlds that I come up with. I think that's what I have to keep doing. Yeah, I think that's what we just talked about, taking that kind of responsible next leap, I guess. You know, you have all these skills and you've built so much stuff. Now it's like you can take all this ability that you have and creating your own thing and making it something something special so that down the road somebody can look at your work and go, oh, that was really inspiring for me. I remember looking at that person's work and being really inspired to do this and spawning that next thing, you know. Yeah. And creating it for the next generation of people to activate their imaginations and think about things and, you know, contemplate. Yeah, no. yeah. That's, that's great motivation for us as well, because it's, it gets tiring at times thinking that, you know, we have to try to be innovative and original and it doesn't always come to us. But, you know, no, knowing that there, there's somebody out there who, who might get, a little bit of inspiration to, to go on and like push your ideas or, or develop their own ideas. That's, that's really fun. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent, man. I think that's really a really a special way of looking at it too. Killer man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show and having a chat and I'm really looking forward to seeing where you go with all this stuff and where you've taken all your skills and where that's going to go and see what film you end up working on or building yourself. So, or the Dune project, that would be awesome to see what you do with Dune. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> I don't see it happening, but uh, I would love it. Well, if you put together some work and some art, maybe I can help facilitate getting something, you know, further along the road. So, cause the further I get along in my career, the closer I get to people that are able to bring things together and make things possible so yeah feel free to reach out if you're ever interested in stuff so yeah totally thank you fun yeah of course thank you again for coming on i appreciate it 
Uh, th- thanks for having me. It's been it's been fun, and yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of the podcast and of your work. So it's it's been a real honor. Oh, thank you so much. It's really kind of you to say. Well, we're I mean, if you ever want to come back on too, just let me know, and we'll have you back on, and we can talk about whatever you're interested in or if you start building out something you want to kind of expose or whatever so just anytime oh thank you definitely will awesome and thank you so much for all the the great work that you and the team did it's been a really great experience like seeing it all unfold and having the book and the game as well and it's really been really cool from the the sideline so i'll pass that on for definite (laughs) awesome killer man have a great day and that does it for this week's episode. Big thank you to Rad for coming on and sharing his time with us this week. You can find links to Brad's work and all of the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash 112, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Be powerful. Be prolific. Peace out.